Welcome to my podcast. I'm Libby Rothschild of Business Branding and Building. I'm a registered dietitian certified personal trainer. I've been a certified personal trainer for over 10 years. And as a registered dietitian, I manage nine streams of income. I am here to help you position yourself as an expert among your niche, make a lasting impact, and manage multiple streams of income as well. Join us, join me and our guests, and get inspired. Hello, I am here with Two Hungry Work Wives, Liz and Melissa. So will you ladies introduce yourselves and how long you've been dietitians for? So I'm Melissa and um, I've been a dietitian for almost four years as of July. Okay, um, I'm Liz and I've been a dietitian for the same amount of time. Um, I've been in the nutrition business for about 10 years though, because I was doing a little little work at WIC for the years before I became an actual dietitian. Okay, so, you know, I didn't know that, Liz. That's excellent. And I had another guest, um, Gigi, who did the same thing. Can I ask just for a moment, did that provide insights into the field? I thought that was a good use of your time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I started working there, like, right after I graduated because I wasn't sure if, you know, I wanted to do the internship and everything. Um but one of the things that I do now, I'm a NICU dietitian. So I, I, work, I work with like the preemies and, and the moms and the WIC business is all newborns, small children, breastfeeding moms. So it gave me a lot of, a lot of background for what I do now. You know, I didn't know you were NICU. Are you tube feed TPN or? Do I what? You do tube feeding and TPN? Like oh yeah, that's like all I do. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea that that's what yeah. that was your specialty because that's not something that you mentioned on social. That's that's what I'm going to keep that in mind because I work with feeds well I have for three and a half years, but right. I don't, I'm outpatient, so I'm not writing TPNs and tube feeds. Okay, I, I teach pediatric residents, and that's the lecture that I have a guest lecture because that's not my specialty. Yeah. So I, I am just NICU when it comes to peds like one and up. I have no idea. But for, for NICU, tiny babies, I'm good. I can do that. Awesome. Yeah, the super specialty. Have you considered getting a specialty cert in anything, anything like that? Uh, well, I have my CNSC, but um, the other one is like the CSP, the Certified Specialty in Pediatrics. And there's not like a ton of NICU on that exam. So okay. the CNSC works for what I do. Wow, that's awesome. I love your, your backstory. Very cool. And then how did you ladies connect? Because um, I want to make sure everybody knows how you came about being the two hundred work wives. Um, so we were interns together uh, four years ago. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we both ended up getting hired by the same hospital, which is where we did our internship. And then um, we also share an office together now. And over time, we um, became friends. And then um, we started calling each other our work wife because we spend probably more time with each other during the day than we do with, um, you know, like our significant others. So um, one day last summer, we decided to have fun and start an Instagram account. And that's how the two hungry work wives uh, came about. Love it. Yeah, that's great. And I like that you ladies show insights into your stories and then also on your posts where you're together and representing Philadelphia. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then how we all connected, how Two Hungry Work Wives and me connected. So you ladies together. I would just say Instagram, right? Yeah. 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 We just connected on Instagram. 
All right. So tell, tell I mean, uh, Liz already explained a little bit what she does. Melissa, you want to tell us what you do as a dietitian and you can expand as well as. Um, so actually, as of tomorrow, I'm changing services. So um, currently for about the last two years, I specialized in um, surgical patients. So doing a lot of tube feeds, TPN, um, and that sort of stuff. And as of tomorrow, I'm fully transitioning to taking over the liver transplant service. Um, so I will be in an outpatient clinic uh, one day a week doing pre-transplant evaluations. Um, and then I see those patients when they are actually admitted for their transplant. And then also, um, I evaluate any potential donors who are interested in donating their liver to some of our patients to make sure that they meet the criteria as well. That's an amazing job. That's yeah. really, really great. And I, I only know of a couple positions. Is that new in dietetics? Like, I don't know many people off the top of my head that work with transplant, although I know it's a thing. So, um, I mean, at our hospital, transplant is a big service. And I believe, I would say within the last couple of years, it's become um, recognized by uh, Medicare and Medicaid as, you know, a service where nutritionists or dietitians are required to uh, see the patients uh, pre, during, and post transplant. Uh, so now, more and more, I'm hearing a lot of uh, dietitians being specialized in the area. So, when you say specialized, are there certifications to take, or something from the academy, or like like the equivalent of the diabetes educator, or is there something lower level? So I believe that there might be um, some certifications you can take. I'm kind of um, new to that right now. I just my CNSC as well for the nutrition support aspect. Um, I'm not sure if there's anything like specifically liver transplant related, but I'm sure that that's probably, if it doesn't exist, will be in the works considering that um, this is such like a huge area that's, that's coming about. So you ladies are both like awesome with the nutrition support. That's yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, this whole time that, you know, I've known you and worked with you, I didn't realize that you ladies were like the superstar nutrition supporters. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we crunch electrolytes and numbers in our sleep yes. at this point. Wow. Calculations all day long. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's part of one of the reasons why we started our Instagram was we, we do a lot of number work during the day and we see very, very sick patients and... Mm -hmm. The, the WorkWise account is just fun and it lets us display like our other passion for nutrition and that's cooking and baking and educating. Have you considered doing a post of you guys together and explain a little bit about that you're number crunchers? Yes. Melissa, you can explain. Oh, okay. So actually, well, this is, I'll give uh, Liz credit to this idea. So, um, you know, the side-by-sides are a huge thing um, with the food and, and swapping that out. So we were actually thinking of doing um, a picture where it'll be, you know, a side-by-side -side of me and Liz and kind of having, you know, a title of, you know, tall blonde, short brunette, um, you know, and like underneath some fun fact. And then that was kind of going to be our reintroduction post um, on our Instagram that would then, you know, delve into what we do as dietitians and then also, you know, more into our social media account as well. I love it. Yeah, that's great. Um, I'm working on some comparisons too, which is 
Awesome. Good work, ladies. That's great. And Thank you. Really, really fun. So I think that'd be a great way to introduce what you do uh, and why you do it. So I love that what you said, Liz, that it's a creative outlet to showcase other aspects of what you guys do. And, and when that comes across, at least for me as a dietitian, like I, I find that really, really sweet. That's cute. I like the backstory a lot. Okay. All right. So tell us about a typical day or a couple different typical days. Okay. Well, for me, so I work in the NICU, but I also see adults two to three days a week. So I am kind of a jack of all trades. Okay. Um, like a typical NICU day, I have rounds in the morning. I round with the, the residents, the fellows, the attendings, nurses, um, and we, you know, we walk around and we talk about each baby. We talk about their plan for the day and that includes their nutrition plan. Um, I do like a lot of education with the residents because they, you know, they're only there for like a month or two or a month, five, five weeks. Okay. Um, so I round, I typically have a couple meetings and then I, it's charting lots and lots of charting. Um, but then the next day is when I have GI clinic. So I've recently taken over um, an outpatient GI clinic that's part of our hospital. So I get patients um, scheduled from like 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. And they're there for everything from like Crohn's, IBS, celiacs to tube feeding. So I see, I see it all. So your job sounds really dynamic, Liz. It sounds like you have a really nice variety between NICU, adults, GI, different clinics, right? Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm really lucky that my, my boss um, really lets me go after my passions and wow. lets me kind of diversify with what I, I want to do. Yeah, um, that, that keeps you from, unless if you wanted to, there's nothing wrong with doing nutrition support all day. That's wonderful. A lot of people have a great career but it keeps you in, in like up to date with outpatient skills and yeah. with the nutrition support skills. Cause as you ladies know, those are two very different skill sets. Yeah. Very different. Yeah, definitely. So I'm not um, saying there's anything wrong with the never crunching all day, but that's nice that you can vary it. <laughs> yeah. I think you can get burnout on it. So it, it's nice to have, I love variety and I like doing something different every day. So it, it works well for me. Well, Congrats on that. That's excellent. <laughs> and I like that you're educating the residents too. Do you provide an, in, a formal in-service or is it just kind of like a one-on-one -on -one situation when you come about the residents? I do a lot of one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I take a lot of calls, but I also do a monthly lecture. We start off with a TPN lecture, which um, this is the only place where they really learn how to write TPN. Other parts of their internship don't provide that. So they have a, an intense lecture uh, typically with me or the other dietitian in the first day. And then the following week, we do an enteral nutrition lecture and then just talk about all the different pediatric um, NICU formulas that they might use. So um, do you get paid for this or is this just on the job? Like, Oh, this is part of my job. Yeah. I love this, Liz. And I didn't know that about you because, you know, I teach residents too. And yeah. In mind because this is PPN and tube feeding is not my favorite topic so I will be deferring to you both oh sure yeah so again it's not I'm not teaching like a full class it's like four or five residents and then like maybe the fellows will pop in so it's not pretty like informal when we do it it's still a full class it's just yeah. a small class <laughs> all right Melissa what about you 
Um, so uh, my schedule is actually changing a little bit now too. Um, so basically on Mondays, I am now fully outpatient. Um, so in the mornings, I will be uh, seeing my patients um, in the clinic who are going through their transplant evaluation. And then um, we have a small break in between. And in the afternoon, I actually now attend the transplant selection meeting. Um, so that's actually cool because I get a say in if I think a candidate is, um, okay for transplant or if they need some sort of nutrition tweaking or counseling, um, before they might be ready to receive their transplant. Um, and then the remainder of the week, uh, Tuesday through Friday, I'm on the inpatient side where, um, that's when I'm now seeing the patients that have had their, uh, liver transplant or even, um, some direct admits for new workups. So uh, again, I get to kind of like Liz grapple in both areas and, and do both things. Uh, and then also uh, we do a lot of lectures for nurses. So, um, you know, it's interesting that um, even though we see nutrition, nutrition is somewhat um basic, like low salt or something like that, um, even a lot of the other health professionals don't always understand, you know, the pathophysiology and why things need to be done. So um, I spent a lot of time educating the nurses on post-transplant diet um, and really informing them of what we need to be careful of. So Amazing. Yeah. Uh, is that again, like Liz, is that a work hour or is that additional? Yeah, that's um, a work thing. So that's just part of our daily tasks. So for instance, in a day, it's estimated that if we're not doing any projects or any educations, we see probably about 14 to 15 patients um, on the inpatient side. But then we also have some built in time to do educations, either attending our own education session or presenting an education session to another department. Holy moly. So my, my requirement outpatient is eight per day. So four morning shift, four evening shift. Mm -hmm. Mind you, they run 45 minutes to an hour for a session so they can run quicker, right? Like a mm -hmm. follow-up. The patient doesn't need to or want to be there for 45 minutes to an hour. They don't have right. to. And I still have to chart. I have to make sure the consult's place, release the consult, do all the, you know, as you know, the education charting, et cetera. But uh, it's interesting to see. I mean, that's double what I, what yeah. I have dietitian is required my goodness yeah so in the outpatient setting um that it's similar where one patient is equal to about an hour of time but then on the inpatient side um one patient is considered about a half hour of your time so it doubles yeah That's yeah funny. okay yeah so it sounds like a lot but really it's just completely different like even yeah. in the hospital the inpatient and outpatient they're like different worlds. They are. And it's unfortunate. There's not an, there, there, I would like there to be more connection between the two, but they're like separate entities. Completely. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's interesting, but that was great that you ladies are both doing education and residents and nurses and um, cool. When you mentioned about the transplant, it reminds me of, I see some correlation between bariatric surgery dietitians because mm -hmm. they're required bariatric patients are required to see an RD pre-surgery, right? Yes. He has to chart on them throughout the duration of, um, and I believe even after, and that's part of the qualification process. So is that the same with transplant? Is there some kind of requirement that's almost, that's how I'm thinking of it, like, because I'm not familiar with the transplant. Is it like right. 
Yeah. So you absolutely have to see them pre-transplant. Um, so for instance, if I was off on the day of clinic, there needs to be a dietitian that covers uh, for me. Or if that can't happen, then um, I need to call the patients directly to do an over-the-phone nutrition interview. Um, and then post-transplant, we're required to see them within 24 hours of their transplant. And then we have to see them pretty much every other day to make sure that within 48 hours discharge, they have the proper nutrition education and that they demonstrate that they understand and can follow the new guidelines um, for their diet. Does the nutrition care manual, if you use that or you're familiar with it, I believe it does have adult transplant education sheet. Am I correct? Yes. Because it it also has addiction, which is really cool. Addiction recovery and um, it has some new updates. And I think so that's great. If if there is a nutrition about uh, medical nutrition therapy in the nutrition care manual, like that's to me is a good indicator of that topic growing, right? Like you said. Yeah. And we have, um, that's what we use mainly for our education. So there's like general transplant tips and then each uh, specialty. So like uh, kidneys, hearts, livers, they all then have their own broken down version of it as well. Yeah. I, um, I cover adult oncology and it's the same thing. Nutrition care manual has, um, neck and throat post and you know like um, cooking tips for oncology etc mm-hmm. yeah so I would go under the proper you know um, proper education sheet and luckily most of them are in Spanish too not all but most of them yeah that's a great resource although they don't have anything for NICU so that's not good right uh, but the um so I don't know if it will be in the nutrition care manual but I know that um there's supposed to be something with the academy and they are developing more information about NICU because it is so specialized. That's great. And the dietary guidelines, um, the new ones, so we're in 2015 to 2020, but the 2020 guidelines will address newborns and pregnant and breastfeeding moms. I don't know if that means that they, they, they don't, you know, they're public health, so they're probably not going to mention anything specialty. But if the dietary guidelines talk about that, I'm assuming nutrition care manual might also add some extensions. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, how has your job, I think you already answered this, but uh, in case if there's anything that wasn't fully answered, how have your job descriptions evolved? I think you both kind of mentioned that. Um, I think both of our jobs have very much evolved since day one. We both started in, um, our hospital has a, a rehab and long-term acute care hospital. That's maybe like 10 blocks from our main hospital. Uh We both started there and then we both moved on to oncology. So we did outpatient oncology and then um, I stayed with oncology, but started NICU and then got more into NICU. Uh, We have a lot of opportunities to change our service. Our hospital is very um, service-based. It's not, you don't like just cover a floor, you cover a service, which can Mm -hmm. be anywhere. Um, so we both have definitely changed over the, the four years that we've been there. Sounds like an incredible hospital and experience. It sounds yes. really dynamic. Like you have a lot of learning and growing opportunity. You guys are like super cutting edge. <laughs> Thank you. Love it. Yeah. Thanks. All right. So moving on to my favorite part, although this was great, would <laughs> be business and Instagram. So tell me your elevator pitch. So we are uh, two Philadelphia-based registered dietitians. Um, we call ourselves self-proclaimed workwives, meaning that we 
over time grew a friendship. And like I said earlier, we spend a lot of time together. Um, and now we've decided to take on the social media world. And we say we're tackling the food world um, one forkful at a time. Okay, great. And, and so tell us a little bit more about your focus on Instagram. Yeah, so our focus is Philly area women, particularly, but we do, you know, address pretty much anyone, but typically in the, the late 20s to early 30s range that are interested in nutrition and overall health and just kind of how to improve that, try new recipes, try new restaurants, new workout studios. Um, so we don't really talk about general nutrition, I would say. I think we, you know, we're more for the people that are interested in like new, new topics and nutrition and what like the new fad diet is and new foods. Okay. Okay. And then walk us through a failure in your business or brand. Um, so we were saying that, you know, obviously in the first few months of starting, you're sort of navigating through. Um, so we were saying some of the posts that we put up either like, um, uh, product reviews or things like that didn't really do so well. But um, originally we called them a failure, but at this point now we kind of look at it as more of like a growth thing. So it's more of a learning opportunity. Um, so we haven't had a true failure yet, but we've learned from uh, posts that maybe didn't do so well in order to grow. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. That's how, that's how you grow. That's how you get, that's how I grow and get more mm -hmm. focus and put stuff out there and then, and then improve. So that's great. That's a good mindset. All right. What about a success or a small win? Um, small win is definitely whenever someone tells us that they've tried one of our recipes or, you know, they looked at our post, they really liked it, tried a, a, a product, we recommend it. Um, when one of our first posts got over a thousand likes, we were like giddy about it. Um, <laughs> Also, yesterday, we were in the farmer's market doing a little, like, recipe development and um, doing a little background research. Mm -hmm. And one of the farmers, I walked up, and he's like, you're famous. And I was like, no. He's like, yeah. Like, are, are you on Instagram? And I was like, oh, yeah, I have an account. And then Melissa walks up. He's like, yeah, you too. You two are, are doing something. And we're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, we have this little account. Um, so that you know, that was very exciting to find that yeah. out. Yeah. People actually read and look at what we do. <laughs> and what I like about that is that you just said your focus is Philly. And this example of someone noticing you is yeah. showing that you're attracting the type of person that you're targeting, which is good. Right. If on the streets that they know me, that wouldn't really make sense. But if I go to, you know, an, a dietetic conference, that's good because that's yeah. what I'm targeting. So I like your, your story. Because it's showing that you're in the right direction. Like you want to attract Philly based specifically women in their twenties and thirties and people are noticing you in Philly. So keep up yeah. the work. Yeah. Thank you. Great. Excellent. Okay. So what's your favorite resource or book for professional development? Hmm. Well, I am very into podcasts. I, of course, listen to your podcast Thank whenever there's so a new episode. And since we share an office, sometimes I will play it for Melissa, or I'll just be like, oh my God, this is what I heard. Um, I also, my fiance got me into Tim Ferriss, mm -hmm. um, which I resisted for some time because he was just a little too obsessed with him. But I do now love Tim Ferriss. I think he offers 
um, a lot of great advice. Um, who else? I listened to Gretchen Rubin, which I don't think you necessarily think of. She's like the the happiness podcast. Oh, that's Rachel. Rachel Paul's favorite is Gretchen Rubin. She loves. Oh. I love her, her and her sister. Um, and they're just always interviewing different people and giving you, you know, like real life examples of how to improve your overall happiness. If it's, you know, not just in life, but at work and family, etc. I'm going to have to listen to her. I have her book on my list with, with audible. Like I want to listen to it, but I, I love podcasts too. So I will thank you for the recommendation. Yes. I've read all her books. I made okay. Melissa read her books as well. I love it. Accountability. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I have to say, Tim Ferriss is every man's crush. Let's just be honest. Yes. <laughs> I feel like he is just like, he's so awkward and yes, unique, but he's also like, we love his book, The 4-Hour Workweek. I know yep. when I recommend that to all of our students, um, that's, you know, a bestseller and it is gimmicky. He's gimmicky. Yeah. But what I love about Tim Ferriss, for those of you who don't know him, is that he says, when you like when it comes to marketing, which obviously he is a king, he says that uh, study why you buy things and study your patterns and behaviors, and that'll help you lend insights as to how to help your customer. Like, yeah. why, like why do you make the decisions you make to help get inside the head of someone who you're marketing to and targeting? So he does give really good advice, like you said, Liz. I'm with you. Some of it's like some of it's a little weird, like you know, supplement stuff. Not so sure, but I do like some of his marketing stuff. So I'm constantly trying to talk my fiance down when he'll hear about some like supplement that Tim has recommended. I'm like, mm, do we have evidence behind that? Let me look into it. Yeah, it's it's tough. Um, it's tough, but he is definitely popular. For sure. He has one of the most popular podcasts on iTunes. Yep. Heavy male audience. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then what about you? Anything else to add to that, Melissa? Um, no, I'm more of a book person, although Liz and Liz actually has been the one who will like, like she said, she listens to something or reads something and then hands it over to me. Um, and then I read the um, one book by, um, was it, it was Gretchen Rubin, right? The, um, um. The four, four tendencies. Four tendencies. Yeah. Um, and that was actually really insightful into um, how to build relationships with coworkers and colleagues and also people that you encounter because, um, you know, I'm one tendency with a little bit of another tendency. Liz is completely different from me, but then we kind of learned how to like work with each other based on that. Um, so that was actually an excellent book. Awesome. Yeah. So, also, I recommend um, Captivate by Vanessa. Have you heard of that book? She's no. um, She has a personality test. You know her, Liz? I, I have heard of it. I have not read it. Um, what my future brother-in-law actually was talking about that. And, and then my fiance. They're, they're very big into reading, too. And that is on the list to read. Yeah, so I put that. I, I uh, put in a blog on my website on one of my recent posts. And she, I put her book. It's called Captivate, the Science of Succeeding with People by Vanessa Van Edwards. So she is one of my favorites. And she also has this personality test, which sounds similar to the Gretchen Rubin one. And you fill it out and you can see where you score like high and low. But I, she is exceptional at speaking. Uh, if you check out her on YouTube and she's like, I love her book. I can't say enough good things about it. So yeah, something fun to add to the list. So let me know when you read it if you do. I will. Yeah. All right. 
So I think we're moving along to the last section, which is nutrition and dietetics. So what is your favorite food trend? Um, well, we both love avocado toast everything or just avocados on everything. Um, of course, in moderation. But for some reason, it just still hasn't gotten old yet. There's so much stuff you can you can do with it. And honestly, avocados pack a lot of vitamins and minerals, healthy fats. So, you know, we are keeping on that trend for as long as it's going. I had it this week. I love it. Yeah. Good stuff. I have to agree. Um, my other, well, I think both of our other favorites trend is Brussels sprouts. Pretty much any restaurant you go to now has some type of Brussels sprout, whether it's like as an appetizer, I've had like Brussels sprout tacos. Um, so that's definitely a, a good one that we like. Yeah. I just cooked some this morning. Nice. (laughs) I got an air fryer. And I am very interested to try the Brussels sprouts in the air fryer. I can't wait to follow you on Instagram and see how that turns yeah, out. Yeah, that's coming up. Everybody yeah, and then you can post in your stories too, so we can get some behind the scenes. <laughs> okay. And then what about your least favorite food trend? Ooh, um, so I actually, um, we were interviewed for a, a Be Well Philly article, which is a local um, health like division of a, of a magazine here. And I talked about the fact that I can't stand this reishi mushroom trend that's going on. They're everywhere. They're in teas, they're in coffee, it's in chocolate. And it basically claims that it's like a cure all for everything. Um, you know, it can cure anything from like cancer to heart disease to diabetes. And, you know, it's just one of those things where I'm all about moderation and not using one food to, to cure everything. Um, but that was actually kind of funny because that was the first um, piece of what we would call hate mail that we got. We got an email with somebody who argued with us about it and encouraged us to try it. I didn't take them up on it because it probably wasn't going to change my opinion. <laughs> oh, funny. Good story. If you could go back one to five years from now, what advice would you give your younger self? Ooh. Um, so about five years ago, we were starting our internship. Um, I was very much, I have a public health health background. I actually like did my master's in public health and that's what I intended continuing to do. Um, so I think I would just say, be open, be open to everything, say yes to everything when it, you know, when it comes to your career. Um, and just ask questions and learn as much as you can. Love it. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Tell us what you think about the future of dietetics, food, and nutrition. Um, so I think that it's always changing and evolving. And um, I'm finding more and more that we really are, you know, being recognized as the experts in our field. Um, I think you know, with anything, as more information comes about in a topic, um, a lot of other health professionals realize that, you know, you can't know or learn everything. So I'm finding a lot more of like, everyone's coming to us for the nutrition advice, because we're the experts. So I see that it just continues to grow. Insurance companies are starting to recognize us. Um, Now we have the whole social media world. I mean, it's just like, evolving greatly okay so two things two questions off of that you guys can both answer how do you recommend or advise a dietitian to show he or she is the expert in a healthcare or working setting 
Oh, that was a great question. Um, I would just say, remember, remember what you've learned and use your evidence-based facts, mm-hmm. your evidence-based nutrition mm-hmm. and do a lot of, you know, do a lot of research, continuing checking out like the journals, what the current evidence is on all of these different food trends. Um, I think that n- non dietitians um, you know, that are, are promoting health are amazing. And it's great that they're so interested in health, but there's a fine line between recommending something that you, you know, is actually evidence-based and beneficial to your health versus something that you don't. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's where the public health guidelines versus individual guidelines are. And that's where the cross-section is between you know, being recommending something that's public policy based and then with, with specifically what you ladies do, which is clinical based, and they're completely mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love that. Uh, I love that, Liz. So, you're saying stay on top of the research, mm-hmm. be cutting edge, you know, continue learning, be open. That's great. Okay, unless if you have anything else to add, the, the second part of that question would be how can a dietitian show and not tell her or him or, or like the audience? that he or she is the expert on social media. Melissa, do you want to answer that one? Um, I think it's kind of the same thing. You know, I think gaining, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a respect, you know, constantly making sure that, that you're, you're posting information that is accurate and true. Um, and it also, you know, sticks to to what you um, believe and know to be true. So um, not just kind of falling into the, I, I think I see a lot of dietitians who, um, and not saying this is wrong, fall into the trends. And, you know, one minute you could be promoting um, a paleo diet and the next minute you're, you know, telling somebody to carb load and do something else. So I think sticking from day one to like, what you know, what your, your evidence is and maintaining that throughout will help, you know, make you the, the expert and be, you know, well-known. So be authentic. Exactly. There you go. So be authentic and be evidence-based on yeah. media and in the healthcare setting. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Okay. The reason I asked is because I'm personally tired of hearing people say we are the expert. I think you have to show people that we're the expert. Right. You can't, you know, it's not enough to be a dietitian. You have to consistently put in the work and you ladies do that. You do that on the job and you do that on social media. So I just wanted to make sure that people listening could, you know, gain some insight. Thank you. All right. Last question before we wrap up here and and final thoughts. Uh, Will robots take over the world and compete for our jobs? Mm. (laughs) Um, I, I hope not, but you never know. I mean, if you've watched Westworld, have you guys watched Westworld? Yes. Yes. So things are happening there with, with the robots and the AI. Um, But seriously, no, hopefully not. I think what we do, um, it's not just one formula. It, it really depends on the person. So you need the, the personal approach. That's something I, I don't think a robot could necessarily provide. Yeah. Any, other, any other thoughts on that, Melissa? Um, well, they'd have to make a lot of very type A robots in order for them to <laughs> take over our jobs. Although I know that uh, uh, not every dietitian is type A, but yeah, same thing with Liz. 
You yeah, can't put not. a formula into it, you know? I love I love your your comedic answer. <laughs> West World, I've seen uh, I've seen bits of it. Um, and it's a very beautiful show. I'm um, so I'm gonna have to watch the whole show and get back to you about that, Liz. Yes, you should. It's great. Yeah, highly recommend. All right, ladies. Any final thoughts before we wrap up here? Um, no, I just want to say um, thank you for also, you know, being a great like leader and inspiration to dietitians and showing us that, you know, we can branch out and that there's, um, you know, a lot of different avenues that we, we can take because I think for a while we thought that it was just clinical and then, you know, we hopped into the social media world and now we realize like how great it can be, how many networks we can make, how much, you know, help we can gain from, from fellow dietitians as well. So thank you for that too. Yes. I second that <laughs> so much ladies. It's been a pleasure. I can't wait to air our episode. Thank you so much for joining. All right. Thanks Libby. Thank you. Have a good rest of your day. Bye. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for joining today. If you too are interested in positioning yourself as an expert among your niche, building a lasting impact and possibly managing multiple streams of income, feel free to apply for one-on-one coaching. I help both exercise and nutrition professionals. You can apply on my Instagram link in my bio at Libby Rothschild or check out my website, LibbyRothschild.com or send me an email. Say hello. I'd love to meet you. 